listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, May the 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be talking, oh, about three items today. The first item is, when my wife went out to get the newspaper, there was a little brochure on the door. She brought it in. It was a tract. Is something missing in your life? Now, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be from the Jehovah Witnesses or whatever. But it was from a Baptist church near where we live. Now, you've heard me many a time speak out against Baptist teachings that deny infant baptism. But that doesn't mean that we cannot listen to Baptist leaders and pastors because Law and gospel is such an obvious kind of distinction in the Bible that we ought not forget that other congregations do speak of it. Now, in this particular track, which is four pages long, they talk about the law quite a bit. And they say things like, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ on a personal basis, that is the problem God, the giver and sustainer of life, is missing from your life. The Bible says that without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we are dead in trespasses and sin. Then the track goes through the sin of Adam and Eve, and then it begins talking about what has God done about it. Jesus Christ, the God-man, was not a partaker of man's sinful bloodline. He was perfect, sinless, righteous, holy, born of a virgin, and God in the flesh. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, the first two pages are therefore very good. They're, they're really a good examination and analysis of the teachings of the law that nobody can obey God perfectly. And, and then they even say that Jesus Christ came in the flesh in order to save us, to bring life back into men. But then at the end, I knew right away we were in trouble. It says, now it is up to you. And they say, do you hear God's voice calling you through these scriptures? He wants to breathe life into you. And this is what we call being born again. My friend, repent. Turn to God from your sin. Embrace the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and be born of God. Now, this we disagree with. Why? Because it's not up to you. The reason that people are saved is really up to Jesus. Remember the parable of the lost sheep? The lost sheep didn't decide to jump out of the ditch, come to Jesus, jump on his shoulders, and be taken home. No, Jesus came to the lost sheep. He picked them up. He put him on his shoulders, and he returned him home. 
So once more, it's good that the, very good that the track speaks of the law. And I believe people can come to faith in what they say about Jesus Christ. But this idea about now it's up to you to make a decision, that is not correct. It's not that people can't come to faith by reading this tract. It's just that when they have faith, they don't have to make a decision because that means they've already been adopted by God. And so rather than saying it's up to you, it should be saying, and look what God has done if you believe in these Bible passages. So it's important that we listen to people of different religions, even when we disagree with them on specific points, like infant baptism or the Lord's Supper or purgatory or whatever, because you can still get insights from them if you're careful as to what the Bible is saying. So that was what we received yesterday on the front door. Then I received an email from one of our listeners who talks about Southern Baptist leader, Albert Moeller, M-O-H-L-E-R. Now, if you listen a lot to KFUO and especially to Issues Etc., they have had Albert Moeller, who's a president of a seminary, on their program. He's very, very good. And this is an article that I think we should listen to him. The article is about him denouncing an Illinois church's consideration, ready for this, of having a drag queen as their pastor. He calls it doctrinal annihilation. The church is Hope United Methodist Church in Bloomington. And they have an openly gay man who is also a drag queen serving as a leader in their congregation with a local United Methodist Church body advancing him as a candidate for ministry. In the podcast by Albert Mueller, he blasted the church's advancement of Isaac Simmons as an intentional refutation and revolt against the very order of creation that God has given us and a direct violation of the clear teachings of Scripture concerning the fact that those whom God has made as men should identify as men. He says this is open revolt. And of course, we're going to see a division between those who are appalled by it, deeply troubled by it, deeply concerned by it, and opposed to it on the one hand, and then those who celebrate it and say that it's arrived far too late on the other hand. Not long ago on Law and Gospel, we talk about how the United Methodist Church is considering to have a split with the conservatives going one way and the liberals going another way. Now, I, I really kind of disagree with that split because the conservatives really have the majority, uh, particularly in light of the Methodists from Africa. But right now, the heads of the United Methodist Church their leaders 
are not disciplining pastors who are contrary to the word of God because they are homosexuals, they marry men to men and women to women, etc. So this is a church that you really do not want to be affiliated with because your children will be hearing messages that are possibly going to lose their faith. Muller goes on, says, you're not looking at two different positions when it comes to whether a gay man should be a church leader. You're looking at two different religions. These two different religions cannot possibly continue to exist in one church or in one denomination. So, in an interview with CBS News, this man or gay man named Simmons, explained that he wasn't expecting to be approved for clergy candidacy given the UMC's official stance against homosexuality. But they're saying this person is called to ministry and the church says he will have our approval to receive the United Methodist support financially and otherwise. Simmons goes on and says, my faith and my understanding of God calls me to be a part of that, to be a part of change making and to be a part of creating spaces where everyone, regardless of their identities or orientations, can be and exist without even an inkling of, am I welcome here? Now, did you hear what he just said? Everyone should be welcome. Does that include pedophiles? Does that include rapists? Does that include adulterers, individuals who are unrepentant, that they are welcome? Now, we need to be careful here because in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we believe anyone is welcome to attend our worship services, but not all are welcome to become members if they're living lifestyles that are contrary to the word of God without repentance. So this idea that as long as you love someone, you should be welcome in the church is totally contrary to the word of God. So what we're dealing with is a situation where this Methodist church is really thinking of having a gay individual as their pastor. Now, what was interesting about the article, there were comments made, and there were a number of them. One begins with Isaiah 9, 16. For those who guide the people have been leading them astray and those who are guided by them are swallowed up. Asking for a friend, would a man or woman that is truly saved and has the Holy Spirit within them follow someone like this gay person? 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, how do you test an individual as to whether or not he has the proper spirit? You test him according to the scripture. 
if he is in line with the scripture, even if he is a sinner and he is repenting of that sin and makes that publicly known, well, how many times do we forgive a sinner? Not seven times, as Peter suggested, but 70 times seven. Uh, Another letter in response, men dressed up as females and females dressed up as men, wolves dressed up as sheep and sheep dressed up as wolves. Can't tell the difference, really. They all look the same to me, infidels and enemies of the cross. The word of God says, and he quotes 1 Corinthians 5, but now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a slander, a drunkard, a swindler. With such men do not eat. And it goes on and says, Expel the wicked man from among you. Then Second Thessalonians 3.14. If anyone does not obey our instructions in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. And Ephesians 5. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place. Therefore do not be partakers with them. One email came in, and all it says is this, Lord, have mercy. Another says, this is an abomination to God. The sins of the world are going to come to an end soon. Now, that person probably is thinking about Judgment Day. We got no idea how long that will occur. And and finally, a a letter. The self-chosen world of transgenders and gay people of our, are of their own choosing, and their delusions should not be indulged in any church. But the United Methodist Church is just showing everybody what they are all about. And it's not about upholding the word and the laws of God, who still calls this behavior an abomination. Regardless of President Biden's Equality Act, These trans people cannot escape their born genders any more than they can go from a male to a female transformation. That's utter non-reality. This insane charade has spiritual consequences that are serious. And it's time for these people to be fully awakened here and start being the genders that they were born as. And if the United Methodist Church or any other church thinks they have it both ways, then they will all be subject to real correction. The laws of God are pretty clear about this behavior. 
and trans and all other gay people are fully aware of what God says about their lifestyle and their behaviors. And for any church that promotes a drag queen into its pulpit has crossed a seriously spiritual barrier and one that will have great consequences, especially when evil is confused for good, which is something that God will correct. So we appreciate that Albert Muller has gone ahead and indicated the problem that is having in the United Methodist Church. We, we go in our trips to the four congregations that we're ministering to right now in Illinois, and on our way, we pass the United Methodist Church. And I, I knew the sign wasn't going to be good when I see that the minister is a woman. And sure enough, she talks about love one another. Well, this love between homosexuals is not love. It's eroticism. It is a pornographic love that they may think they love one another, but they're just craving one another out of selfishness. Notice that the article says we need to help these people wake up. I've worked with former homosexuals that have repented of that lifestyle and have become Lutheran. And I also went to a Lutheran church, Missouri congregation that was having a worship service with homosexuals and giving them the Lord's Supper, even though they weren't even Lutheran. And all the homosexuals, when they realized that I was there and I wasn't leaving, decided to leave the church service. And the pastor was really angry at me. But I'll tell you, we wrote a letter. I had a friend with me, and the pastor said he wouldn't do it again. Whether or not he did it again or not, I don't know. But it was a private worship service late on a Sunday afternoon that another homosexual had told me about that he had been invited to it. And he was going through a process where he did not want to follow the homosexual lifestyle any longer. So, as I said, yes, we have some differences with Baptists, with Roman Catholics, with Presbyterians, but that doesn't mean that they don't have writers that can really give us insights into other areas with which we agree with. And so the most important thing a person can do is make sure that when you go to a new city that you join what I consider to be the church which absolutely has a correct summary of Holy Scripture in all its areas, and that's the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, as well as all of those churches with which we are in fellowship. Now, I've been talking about a book I put together of 400 emails that were sent to law and gospel over the past 24 years. Now, I have many more emails, but if you would like a copy of this book, all I need you to do is send me an email 
to Long Gospel at longgospel101.com and give me your home address. I will send you the book and there will be a bill in it that you can send back to me for $15. Already we've had a number of people doing this, but I want to give you a taste of what these emails are. They're emails with many, many questions. Now, in the book, I do not answer the questions because I answer them on Open Mic Friday or will phone the person. But this one here, for example, it's email number 99, and it's from a listener who listens to KFUO from Australia. I had talked about a book Peter Kurowski made and published that we sell, talking about Will our pets be in heaven? He says, Hi, Pastor Tom. This is an email writer from Australia. I, for one, do not want to have my dog. I, for one, do want to have my dog in heaven. I do hope so, and I pray so. God gave me an Australian mongrel dog, a Kelpie, and then in parenthesis, a sheepdog, which I call P.D. He was the most intelligent and loving dog I ever had. We moved to a new home, and he was in that age. He was interested in the opposite sex. One time he sneaked out of the house, and he came home, got into my garage where I was working, and boy, I knew in the way he looked at me that he was very happy, but he was very muddy. Anyway, one time P.D. sneaked out again, and he never returned. And I suspected he was adopted by some farmer somewhere where we live, in the north edge of Melbourne, where there are lots of farms. Since then, it has been 10 years now, and I have never bothered to own another dog because I love that dog so much, I never wanted his memory replaced in my life. I do believe that was one of the blessings of God to me. I learned about some aspect of Christian life through that dog. I wish I might see him in heaven, but I am not sure. But at any rate, I know the Lord is enough for me anyway. Thank God for the things God sometimes give us to enjoy. Cheers from Australia. So uh, I responded to that email, encouraged him, and I think I sent him the book by Peter Kurowski about this. And what Peter Kurowski does is very interesting. He shows that in talking about Judgment Day, God indicates that creation will be brought back to its former self, namely as it was in the Garden of Eden. Therefore, there'll be in heaven no earthquakes, no tornadoes, no hurricanes, or anything of that nature. And he has a section where if the creation is brought back, so will be the animals. And whether or not our pets will be there, he leaves it an open question but not to the point where he says no. 
because God just hasn't given us that information. But as did the letter writer from Australia, I will make this point that at any rate, I know that in heaven, the Lord is enough for me anyway. So we look forward to heaven because we will be with Jesus. So this is just one email and it's indicating in many other emails how people after listening to law and gospel decided to become Lutheran wherever they were. And we'll be taking a look at some of those emails perhaps on Friday. But the point I wanna make is if you would like to have a copy of this book, just send me your name and address in email or after this program is over, you can hear uh, another address uh, where you can send me some funding, but you don't need to send me funding. Just use that address, put down in a letter, your name and your address, and I'll send you a copy of this book. And then you can return the bill with a check for $15. I'm Tom Baker, and I really want to thank God for the opportunity I've had on KFUO because even though I can pretty well guess almost 400 people have become Lutheran because of law and gospel, other programs like Issues, etc., probably have more people that have become Lutheran because of the good theology that is taught. Uh, I'm on at 9.30, Monday to Friday, Issues, etc., from three to five, and other programs like during the afternoon. So we encourage you, listen to KFUO. And remember that issues and law and gospel are independent programs that need your funding to continue. So listen to what you're about to hear if you like to send funding and also if you'd like to get this book. I'm Tom Baker, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.